So if I give you the opportunity to take Texas or the field in the 2023 Big 12 football season, what are you doing? I'm taking the field, but you know what? At ESPN, they would take Texas, believe it or not. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. We cover the Big 12 from top to bottom. As always, thank you for being here. Hit that subscribe button as we get the show started here at Heartland College Sports. Thank you for doing that. Helps us grow the show every single day. So the ESPN Football Power Index came out uh, this week. And in the Big 12, uh, Texas is favored to win the conference. Now, before we get into the why behind that, what is the Football Power Index? The Football Power Index that ESPN does is a season-long ratings and projection system. In the preseason, it relies on past performance and offense and defense, returning and transfer production, and past recruiting data for players on the roster to form a rating. So you look at that and you say to yourself, okay, I understand and it makes some sense why Texas would be number one in this, right? They have the best recruiting. They do have a lot of returning production. There's a lot of talent on the team. It all makes sense. We all understand that. That's not unique to what Texas football has been. But if you look at it from the broader picture of Texas football, which has had the best recruiting in this league for the last 25 years, at least 20 years, it has resulted in zero Big 12 titles since 2009. Zero. Not one. The last Big 12 title the Texas Longhorns won came in 2009 when they lost to Alabama in the national championship game. They had that one really good year under Tom Herman. They went uh, 7-2 in the Big 12. They came in second in the conference that year. But that's it. That is the best season going back to 2009 for this team. And the recruiting has not been the problem. Texas's issue has not been recruiting. But if you look at the ESPN Football Power Index rankings, here's what they project. They give Texas a 54% chance to win the conference. That means everybody else has a 46% chance combined to win the conference. So if you were to pick Texas or the field, ESPN would take Texas over the field to win the Big 12 this year. Now, I know that they're all done through advanced analytics and what's returning and what's coming in and all this stuff. But as we've talked about time and time again, and if you've watched the Big 12 over the last 15 years, you know that Texas's issue has never been talent. It's not like Texas has been recruiting classes in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, and then finally they get a couple of top 10 classes, big-time transfers, and you're like, all right, yeah, Texas is back, man. No, so this is not to say that I don't think Texas can win the Big 12. It's also not me sitting here and saying that Texas should not be the favorite. I'm fine with Texas being the favorite to win this league. What Texas should not be, what I don't believe the Longhorns are, are 54% favorites to win the Big 12. I don't think that Texas is worthy of having better odds to win the Big 12 than the rest of the field, the other 13 teams. That I'm not on board with. That I don't agree with. And when you look at the rest of the rankings, I mean, here's what it looks like. So Texas has been given a 54% chance to win the Big 12. After that, Oklahoma comes in at 
25% chance to win the Big 12, and everybody else is under 6%. Under 6%. That's right. Think about that. TCU, 5.7%. Texas Tech at 3.8%. Baylor at 3.2%. UCF at 2.5%. Kansas State, 2.9%. Oklahoma State, 2% chance. And everybody else is under a 0.1% chance. Uh, Cincinnati, 0.6%. Iowa State, 0.3%. Houston, 0.1%. And then West Virginia, BYU, and Kansas based on ESPN's FPI rankings, have been given a zero, a 0.0% chance to win the Big 12 Conference. Zero. Like, they can't even get 0.1 with Houston. Zero. I'm not on board with that. I'll tell you that right now. That doesn't make an ounce of sense to me. Not that I'm picking any of those teams to be in the Big 12 championship game or win the league, but zero? Here's the thing about the Big 12 this year. And this is what's going to make this the most fun conference in America to watch. You have 14 teams for one year. You have the two Blue Bloods who are leaving, OU and Texas. And they are going to get the best game of every team they play this year. Because for a lot of these kids, and frankly for all these kids for the most part, this is their last chance to play Oklahoma or Texas. They will forever remember beating Oklahoma or Texas in the 2023 season. And you can't discount what that does in a sport where motivation plays such a big factor, right? I mean, Texas and Oklahoma always get that, especially Texas even more so than OU. They always end up getting their opponent's best game week in, week out. Texas has always been more talented than just about everybody they played in the Big 12 Conference. But they get everybody's best game. They have not had the best coaching staffs in recent years. And that has resulted in a lot of mediocrity. In a lot of 7-6, and 5-7, and 8-5 kind of seasons at Texas. And then on top of that, you also have a conference that unlike every other conference in this country, I believe. Unlike every other conference, nobody in this league thinks they're going to be awful this year. Like, I mean... Three and nine, two and ten, kind of awful. Nobody in the Big 12 is going to tell you, not that they ever would tell you if they're going to be terrible, but nobody actually thinks they're going to be really bad in the Big 12 this year. Every single team in the Big 12 is looking at a schedule saying, we can get to a bowl game. And they should, by the way. I mean, they, they all should feel that way. Because there's just not a true... Now, the bottom feeders will emerge, but there isn't going into the season a true bottom feeder. Where you say, okay, here's our Rutgers. Here's our Vanderbilt. You know, like, you look at the Big 12. It had that for a while in Kansas, but that's not what Kansas is anymore. And we learned that last year. So this is a very fascinating year for the Big 12. It is going to be a total crapshoot of a season. And the FPI rankings, the football power index rankings at ESPN, have it totally wrong. With Texas, I have no issue with them being the favorite. But I would put them at like, you know, maybe 30, 35%. You want to have Oklahoma at 20 to 25%. Okay, I think 25 might be a hair high, but 20, 25%. Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor, UCF, K-State, they should all be higher. Oklahoma State should be higher, right? I mean, I, I just firmly believe Iowa State 
should be higher than 0.3%. Not that I'm predicting Iowa State to go get to a Big 12 title game again like they did a couple of years back, but are you kidding me? 0.3% for Iowa State? I know they were the worst team in the league last year, but look at the defense. Look how close their games were. If they just figure out the other side of the ball, which clearly Matt Campbell is intent on doing, fired one of his longtime friends to try to fix that side of the ball, Iowa State, uh, to me can turn some heads this year and get back into the equation for at least bowl eligibility. So I, I know that ESPN has its fancy calculator and, you know, advanced analytics on how they predict this stuff, but I am totally not on board with the, not the order, but the heavy favoritism towards Texas. And that's why they play the games. That's why the computers don't, because if the computers played the games, if the advanced analytics played the games, Texas would be 10-2, and 11-1 every season, winning Big 12 titles left and right. And we know that certainly does not happen. It doesn't. So uh, you can read more about the ESPN Football Power Index rankings for the Big 12 up on the website at heartlandcollegesports.com. It is good to be here with you. Hey, if you want one of our um, Heartland College Sports koozies, you know what to do. You get one of these. All you got to do to get these Heartland College Sports koozies is leave a rating and a review on the podcast. Subscribe as well and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And we'll hook you guys up. So let's talk about the West Virginia basketball program, specifically the head coach. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. It's good to be here with you. It is ugly as we have this conversation. And frankly... I don't see how Bob Huggins survives this. If I'm running West Virginia, Bob Huggins is not my head coach come Monday. If you haven't seen the details, Bob Huggins was arrested for a DUI uh, in Pittsburgh late Friday, early, uh, so yeah, late Friday night, about 8.30, 9 o'clock on a Friday night. And the details are really disturbing. Now, if you've seen the details, then you know what I'm going to say. If you haven't, um, here are some of the details. Bob Huggins' blood alcohol content was 0.21%. That is more than twice the legal limit of 0.08 in Pennsylvania. He was in Pittsburgh on Friday. Other details include Bob Huggins possibly being unaware of what city he was in. This is per the police report. The West Virginia basketball coach told police officers he had been to a basketball camp with his brother in Sherrodsville, Ohio, which is about 90 minutes from Pittsburgh. An officer said Huggins was asked multiple times what city he was in, but never got a clear response, with the coach mentioning the city of Columbus a few times. Huggins was driving a black SUV about 8.30 uh, p.m. in Pittsburgh. Officers observed the vehicle in the middle of the road blocking traffic. The report added the driver's side door was open and the vehicle had a flattened, shredded tire. Huggins had trouble maneuvering the SUV. The officers questioned Huggins and believed he was intoxicated, asked him to perform a sobriety test, which he failed. I defended Bob Huggins and felt that he should not have been fired when he went on that radio show in Cincinnati and used those homophobic slurs. I defended him to the very end. I did not think it was fair for this guy 
um, to get fired to lose a Hall of Fame career over, yes, dopey comments, yes, wrong comments, yes, homophobic slurs. I did not think that was the reason that you end a guy's career, especially a guy like Bob Huggins at West Virginia. But when you've got a guy driving two and a half times the legal limit, not apparently understanding or knowing or certainly not being clear on what city he's in, putting other people's lives at risk. You know, what do we often say? And Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We are in a world right now, we're in an environment right now, where people care more about words than they do the sticks and stones. Not that the words can't be bad. Not that the words should not be condemned. But we're in this weird place where we care more about words than we do actions of individuals. And I'm the reverse. I, I st- I, not that words can't hurt, not that words can't offend, but I don't think you end careers over words. I think you do end careers and you are fair to fire people over actions. And as the head basketball coach of the West Virginia Mountaineers, who, yes, just stepped in it about a month ago with this, um, you know, Cincinnati radio story, to then a month later be driving two and a half times the legal limit in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, not being clear and not totally knowing what city you're in. That's embarrassing, and that is putting the lives of other people at risk. Drunk driving costs lives on a near daily basis, on a daily basis in this country, every single day. And it's not something to excuse, it's not something to joke about, and to have the the lack of self-awareness, if you're Bob Huggins, to be doing what he was apparently doing, and, you know, it's like, Connect the dots. You're a 70-year-old man, nearly 69. You're a 70-year-old man. Like, this is what kids do. It's what dopey, immature children do. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it's that Bob Huggins thinks he can get away with anything there. I mean, the team has sucked the last couple of years, so I'm not sure why he would feel that way. I don't know if he thinks he's bulletproof. I don't know. But as a guy who defended him during the... Radio show drama, radio show comments last month. I can't defend this. I can't. It's inexcusable. The officer noted garbage bags with empty beer containers inside the vehicle and in the trunk. Like, what was going on? That's something that, that you know, you might do when you're in college because you're a dopey 21-year-old. Not 69-year-old grown men who are the face of one of the biggest basketball programs in the country. Uh, you know, the most recognizable figure in the state. Are you kidding me? I, I, I cannot. I cannot sit here and give Bob Huggins the benefit of the doubt with a .21 BAC. I just, I can't do it. And, you know, I've seen some of your responses on Twitter and, and on social media, um, I got this on Twitter. Uh, Pete, great coach. Whoever of us is perfect gets to throw the first stone, not me. Listen, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not suggesting any of us are perfect. None of us are. There's been one perfect person in the history of humankind, and we all know who that is, and we all know who that was. 
Not you, not me, not Bob Huggins. But that doesn't mean that West Virginia doesn't have to make a serious decision and potential consideration to say to themselves, this is at the point of embarrassment. This is at the point of embarrassment for West Virginia University, for the basketball program, for those players. And yes, it will set back this program because they had a great class coming in, transfers, everything else. This is going to set back the program. But that's not the fault of Bob Huggins if he potentially gets fired. It's not going to be the fault of the people that end up firing Bob Huggins, possibly. It will be the fault of Bob Huggins himself. Because a near 70-year-old man apparently has no restraint over his drinking at near 70 years old as the face of, you know, certainly the biggest athletic program certainly basketball program, in the entire state. And I can't sit here and defend that. I, I can't. I, there has to be actions for consequences like this. I will defend the guy on the radio show. I will. I think that's important, too. I think that, you know, dumb comments can be made. You can learn from them. You can apologize. Dumb words and comments don't have to define you. But then to have this happen a month later tells me that there's very little respect for the job that he holds and you know, what he represents to an entire state of people there in West Virginia. And it's not to say that we all haven't made mistakes. We all have. Some have made mistakes like this. Right? I mean, you know, it's not the only one. Not the last one to get a DUI in college sports pro sports in real life. But uh, this, uh, you know, and frankly, I also would would pray the man would get help at two and a half times the legal limit. You know, I I really would. And then getting in a car, you're Bob Huggins, of all people. You know, it's not like he can't afford an Uber. Not saying he was around the corner from Morgantown, but I'm just pointing out, you're Bob Huggins. So it um, it is tough sledding right now for West Virginia. And it's very, very sad as well. Really sad. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports. If you want a free Heartland College Sports koozie, subscribe to the show. Hit that rate and review button um, as well. And then send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. So grateful you're here and spending some time with us on the show. Um, meantime, a couple of other things I want to touch on here real quickly. San Diego State, if you haven't seen the story, San Diego State is looking to hedge its bets. San Diego State um, apparently wants to resign from the Mountain West Conference. However, they're also asking for a one-month extension given unforeseen delays involving other collegiate athletic conferences beyond our control. Pete Thamel at ESPN had this report that San Diego State has given the Mountain West written notice that they intend to resign from the conference, but they want a one-month extension. What does that mean, by the way? What that means is that San Diego State is sitting there and saying to itself, we may need the month of July to figure out where we're going to be next. Why is that? Well, San Diego State's buyout jumps tremendously after July 1. 
The exit fee to leave the Mountain West would increase from $16.5 million to nearly $34 million for San Diego State to leave the Mountain West in July versus June. Everybody right now is waiting on one thing. And what are they waiting on? What are we all waiting on? What kind of TV deal does the Pac-12 get? If the Pac-12 gets offered a garbage TV deal, Colorado will likely bolt. Arizona may bolt as well to the Big 12. We'll see. And there will be a team or two that need to fill the, the gap in the Pac-12. San Diego State wants it to be them. I don't believe this is about San Diego State getting a Big 12 invite. I suppose it could be. But to me, this is more of a play around um, around what's going on with the Pac-12 than it is about Brett Yormark saying, we're targeting San Diego State. I mean, it's possible, I guess, right? If, if Colorado leaves for the Big 12 and the Arizona schools stay, Brett Yormark could say, fine, we don't want to have an odd number of teams. We'll take San Diego State with Colorado. I, I suppose that's not impossible. But, uh, you know, he also may be looking at UConn. And Brett Yormark may have more interest in UConn because of his Northeast ties and the fact that UConn just won a national championship in basketball. He likes that. He's a New York City guy. Um, He may have more interest in that than San Diego State. I don't know. I can't speak to it. But it is very interesting that San Diego State basically said to the Mountain West Conference, hey, um, we think we're leaving. We don't know where. We don't know when. But um, do you mind if we get an extension? on the buyout that we're going to have in July. Do you mind if we keep that buyout at $16 million versus letting it jump to $4 million, which it will on July 1? Please, pretty please. Like, I don't know why the Mountain West would agree to this, by the way. If I'm the Mountain West, I'm like, take a hike. Take, get out of here. Take a hike. Are you kidding me? That's what I would do. But, you know, everybody's different. I just don't know why the Mountain West would agree to this. Like, what is the leverage that San Diego State has over the Mountain West Conference to say, you know what, Um, sure, guys, whatever you want. Anything else you need while we're at it? Like, can we give you a little back rub? Can we give you a little foot massage? What else do you need from us here at the Mountain West Conference? What's the leverage that San Diego State has? I guess you can ask, right? It's like I tell my four and my two-year-old. You can always ask. The worst anyone can say to you is no. Same thing when you're asking out women. The worst they can say is no. You got to shoot your shot, so to speak, right? But why would the Mountain West agree to this? Why would the Mountain West say, sure, San Diego State, go ahead. What else do you guys need? It's all good. However we can help you, we're here to help you. That doesn't make any sense to me. But it does signal to me that San Diego State believes something's going to happen. Something's going to benefit them. However, you may have to wait into the month of July because we're all just sitting here in a holding pattern waiting to see what the Pac-12 TV contract is going to be about. That's it. That's everything that's at play here. Um. Looking at this on YouTube Live, Alan writes, what's the deal? I'm hearing people in Memphis crying because Brett Yormark denied visiting Memphis. Well, he did deny visiting Memphis. I, I can't tell you if he did or he didn't, but he denied visiting Memphis. So I will take him at his word that he did not go to Memphis. That's because that's all I can do. I can just take the guy at his word and, uh, and go from there. So we'll have to see what happens. But for now... That's what's going on, and uh, that's where we stand on the San Diego State front, which is very, very interesting. 
I'm Pete Mundo on heartlandcollegesports.com. It is great to be here with you. Hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. We so appreciate you doing that. And of course, on the podcast as well. Rate, review, subscribe, send me a screenshot of that rating and review, and we'll get you hooked up with that free Heartland College Sports Koozie. Let's drive those numbers here in June before the season starts. That way, we're ahead of the game. Now is when the work is done. Just like on the football side, right? The work's done in the offseason. Same thing for us. The work is done in the offseason. We want to be off and running come college football season, and you can help us do that. So thank you for hitting that subscribe button. We so appreciate you doing it. And if you want the free koozie, send me a screenshot of the rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.